please turn with me this evening to Psalm 49 and verse 6. Psalm 49, verse 6. The words of the psalmist and of the Lord. They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, but none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. My friends, we're looking uh, this evening at this uh, psalm, uh, Psalm 49, and my title is uh, Things uh, Money Cannot Buy. Things Money Cannot Buy. Well, money, uh, everyone thinks about money to some degree or other. Some think about it a, a bit too much, and uh, some people think about it as, ne- as necessity, as requires. But maybe we all think about it at some point or other. We have to. We need to uh, in life. All of us perhaps are thinking, well, I could do with a little bit more uh, money. It wouldn't do me any harm to have a little bit more of, uh, of wealth, a little bit of a bigger bank account. If I had a bit more money, well, I could buy a car which doesn't break down. I could buy a car. Maybe I could, uh, I have a, I could carry people here and there, or I could get, get a better house, get a bigger house. I don't have to rent anymore. I can get my own place. I don't have to be troubled by neighbors and or roommates and other things. I can have my own, my own freedom, my own peace and quiet. I don't have to worry about those bills, all those uh, bills that come through online nowadays or re- reminders to pay. I won't have to worry about that if only I have a bit more money. In fact, if I have money, I don't think I'll be worried at all, really. I don't think I'll have many things to worry about. And you know what? If I have money, well, I'll be happy. I'll be so cheerful. I can go, every day will be like a sunny day to me if I just have my pockets full of this green stuff or whatever they call it these days. That's that's more the dollar, isn't it? The green stuff. But is it true? Is it really uh, true? Well, there are, this is what the psalmist is going to talk about. And he's going to actually say something quite different. He's addressing this particular issue about people who trust in their wealth, people who boast about their riches, and they who think, well, if I have a lot, if I have plenty, if I have a lot of money, if, I, if I'm a wealthy person, if I have the possessions in life, well, then I will be happy, and then I can manage whatever life may throw at me. And he's going to show to them uh, that this kind of thinking is not a wise way to go. It's not, it's not a wise approach to life, to make money, as it were, the be-all and the end-all of your life. Because there are certain things and certain very important things that money just cannot do. Money, they say, can buy you love. Well, maybe that's true. Money can buy certain things for you. But there are certain things, vital things, spiritual things, where money has no effect. Money is useless, in fact, in those things. We're talking about things that concern our souls, things that concern our relationship with the Lord, with our God and our Creator. It means nothing how much you have or how much you don't have. We're talking about matters which 
concern life and death. And all of us, at some point, will have to die. What's the use of it all? We, well, it can't stop us from dying. The psalmist is going to show to us wealth in such a situation counts for nothing. Acceptance with God. That's what we need. That's the, the, the crux of life. That's the main thing in life that we need. The most vital thing. Well, money can't help us there. Our possessions cannot help us in these kind of things. Well, that's the idea. This is the, the subject that the psalmist here in the psalm, he's been thinking about this. He's been meditating about it. He's been revolving it around in his mind. And it's, it's not just his own thoughts and his own philosophy. He's received a, a revelation from God. He's being taught by God. And here in the psalm, he's explaining, he's telling out to us, this is what I've received from the Lord. This is a way of wisdom. It's like a sermon. He's like a preacher. He's meditated on the Word, and now he's giving to us the fruit of his meditation for our benefit and for us to, to take heed, to listen. So the first thing he does is he calls everyone to listen. Hear this, all ye people. Give ear, all ye inhabitants of the world, both low and high, rich and poor, together. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. He calls to, uh, to all. I've got a message for everyone in the world. No matter what your status is, no matter what your ethnicity is, no matter whether you're rich or poor, no matter whether you're in honor or not in honor, or in prison, you know, whether you're a refugee or, a, or, or whatever your status in life, this is a message, he says, uh, for you. This is a message that all the world uh, needs, every individual in the world needs to hear. I have some important spiritual truth to convey to every single person. No one is exempt. This message has a universal uh, application, he's saying. And friends, we can also say the same about the gospel, isn't it? The gospel of Jesus Christ is not only for Christians. It's not only for people in the West. It's for all nations. It's for all people uh, everywhere. It's an in individual call. Uh, it's a personal call, rather, to individuals to come to seek the Lord while you have life. Seek Him. This is the time when you can find Him and you can be brought into a, re a relationship with Him. This is the message that you need. He's a gracious God, willing to show mercy and pardon and forgiveness and give life if you will just seek Him and find Him today. No one can say, well, this message is irrelevant. This message has nothing to do with me. You know, on the radios these days, where if you listen to the radio, uh, we're hearing a lot. The mayor of London is giving us a lot of messages repeatedly, telling us you must check to make sure your car is ULES compliant. Because at a certain point in time, is, uh, I think it's this month or next month, I cannot remember exactly, certain point in time, well, if your car is not ULES compliant, you're going to have to pay every time you drive it into a certain zones. Well, if your car is ULES compliant, you don't have to worry about that. You can ignore that message. It's not relevant to you. Also, last month as well, 
last month, the Arsenal football team, well, they put out their new kit. They began selling their new kit. And uh, it was a special kit, not like any ordinary kit. It was a special kit because it was to remember the Invincibles, the, the team which went through the whole season without losing one single game in the Premier League. And it was a, it was a momentous uh, achievement on their part. So they brought out this kit to, to, uh, uh, to go out on sale. And uh, they had actually gone through a whole season, 38 games without uh, loss. But on the shirt, they put 32 games. And so they had to quickly send out the message to recall those shirts which had gone out and to replace them. Now, if you had bought a shirt, the message is relevant for you. But if you hadn't bought a shirt, well, it's got nothing to do with you. You can forget about the message. But friends, the gospel is relevant for each and every one of us without exception. There is no exemptions from this. If you're a human being, it is for you and for me. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us really are, are living in rebellion uh, to God, uh, against God, if we haven't uh, yielded our life to Him. All of us are cut off from the Lord. All of us have souls, not only just bodies, but all of us have souls. All of us need the forgiveness of God. And so each one of us as well is going to be summoned before the Lord on that day. Or each one of us has to stand on our own before Christ and give an account of how I have lived my life. And so I need to be ready for that day. I need a message that's going to help me and prepare me for that day. And that's why the gospel is relevant and it's a message for me, for me personally. Well, friends, the first thing the psalmist here is going to point out and that he's going to show, uh, I've drawn just five things uh, that he points out to us to show us how useless and impotent uh, money or material things are when it comes to spiritual life. And the first thing he points out here is the uselessness of materialism and riches in the emergencies of life. Verse 7 those who trust, or six, verse, those who trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother nor give to God a ransom for him. In other words, this rich man, he's got everything. His brother falls sick. He's on his deathbed. He's about to pass into the next world. Well, this rich man can do nothing with his riches to extend his life. He can't give to God a sum of money, the, the text is saying, and as it were, bribe God into giving an extra lease of life to his brother. He can't uh, do that. It's, it's, not, it's not possible uh, for him. His wealth, his money, his riches, they count for nothing. He cannot buy extra years for his dear brother. What he has at his disposal... He may have all the comforts of life. He may be surrounded by material things. He may live in a nice house. But this rich man is unable to help extend the life of his brother. He is powerless in such a situation. He cannot give something in exchange. And then verse 8, 
Why? Because the soul, the redemption of their soul is precious. That life is a very precious thing. And it cannot be redeemed. It cannot be bought back with just material things. It's a spiritual thing we are talking about. And so it has no value. Besides, the soul is immeasurably more precious than anything money can buy. It's, so, it, it's above value in price. You cannot even put a, a price tag on the soul of one individual. You remember the words of Christ, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? In other words, you put all, all the things of the world on one side and you say, is that equivalent to the value of one soul? And the Lord says, no, it's not. It's not. The soul is still much more precious than every single thing that is in the world. Every single possession and, and so on. The soul, friends, your soul, is, which is immortal, is your most prized possession that you have. It's a, a, a thing within you. Your soul, that's you. That's the real you, which will go on forever and ever, which will never die. And it's worth so much more than gold, friends. Are you a materialist here? Are you a person who believes perhaps that if you have more money and you have more of the things of this world or you have more of the physical comforts of this world, that they are more important than spiritual blessing? Yes, we know we need some of these things. No one's denying that. But are they, where are they in the value system? Which one is first, the spiritual things or blessings or their earthly things? What do we live for? The accumulation of things, nice things perhaps, a comfortable life, or are we living for uh, spiritual things? Well, what good will these things be to us spiritually? What good uh, will, will having more uh, possessions or having more money what good will that do to our, for our soul? That's what the, this is, uh, first uh, point of the psalmist is, can these things bring peace to a guilty conscience? They can't. Can they bring you contentment in your soul on a permanent basis? They can't. Can they give you an entrance into heaven by having all these things? It can't. Can, they, can you buy your way out of hell by having a lot of these things? You can't. These things, friends, are just for this life. But in the great emergencies of life, the greatest emergency of all is that we are not reconciled with God, that we are out of sync with our Maker and need to be in a right relationship with Him. Well, these uh, temporal things cannot uh, help us. But then secondly... To be a materialist is foolish because you can't take it with you. Well, we know that, doesn't it? But here we see it in verse uh, 10. Uh, he, he seeth that wise men die, likewise the fool and the brutish person perish and leave their wealth to others. What good men and bad, bad men buy, but they take nothing with them. And then again uh, in verse uh, 16. Be not afraid when one is made rich, when the glory of his house is increased. For when he dieth, he shall carry nothing away. 
his glory shall not descend after him. The things that we have, in, that we obtain, the physical things, are only for this life. They're only of a temporary nature. When we die, oh, we leave it behind. Our hold on these things is really only a, a short one, a temporary hold. When we, when we leave this world, everything, everything is left behind. Only what we are, only our, our faith, only our character is what we take with us into the next life. Everything else behind. All that we worked so hard for and labored and sweat over, all those things that we craved for are, are left behind when we leave this world. Naked we come into the world, naked we leave the world. It was said of Alexander the Great. You know how great he was and the, the triumphs of that great conqueror. Well, it was said when he was on his dying uh, bed, uh, he commanded that uh, when he was carried to the grave, uh, that his hands should not be uh, wrapped in, in cloth as was the custom of the day, uh, but uh, left uncovered and uh, so that everyone may see that uh, he had nothing, that his hands were, uh, were empty. This great conqueror of the East and of the West, uh, when he died, took nothing away with him. Empty hands. Oh, uh, that's, a, that's a picture, a lesson for us, isn't it? Uh, but then thirdly, to be a materialist, friends, is foolish because it degrades our character. Look at verse 11. Uh, these, uh, this rich man, well, his, his inner thought is, his, his plans, his imagination is that his house should continue forever and their dwelling place to all generations. They call their lands after their own names. He's become a self-centered person. He's become a person who is deeply selfish. It seems like the riches that have, uh, have gone to his head and now he's thinking only about himself. He's not saying, oh, when I die, I want to uh, uh, make sure my, my wealth is distributed to the poor and the needy, to those who really could benefit from it. He's thinking, no, how can I prolong my name? How can I prolong my memory in the minds and the eyes of my posterity and of my friends and of future generations that will remember me? Oh, let me call my land by after my name. That's what's in his mind. It's a a proud, he's become a proud, a self-centered uh, person. We, well, it happens today, isn't it? People call themselves or want to be remembered uh, by something, their names not to be forgotten. Some people will give a lot of money to universities so that uh, maybe departments are called after their name. Some people call their, their lands or their homes after their name. There are different ways that people... Uh, I think of it, and this materialism has so gotten into his man, this person, that his very character has been affected negatively. Oh, friends, material things cannot give you a good character. It's only Christ who can do that. It's only conversion which can do that. Only conversion changes us from the inside out for the better. Only conversion makes us a kinder person, a generous person, a giving person, a humbler person. Uh, we become better people. We become more Christ-like as a result of conversion. 
Only conversion improves us. But then fourthly, uh, to be a materialist, the, the psalmist saying, says, is a foolish thing to do. It's not a wise thing to do. Why? Because death is certain. His death is unavoidable. Verse 12, Nevertheless, man, being in honor, abideth not. He is like the beasts that perish. And that word, abideth not, in the Hebrew, it means to lodge for a night. To lodge for a night. Man being in honor uh, just lodges for one night. You compare one night with eternity, what is it? Well, we know even in our, in our time, one night is nothing. It passes by very uh, quickly. Man being in honor, he's only in honor for a very short time. Our life in this world is for a very short time. If we obtain riches, we hold on to it for a very short time. If we obtain honor and glory, it's only for a short time. It'll be when death comes, that'll be the end of it. It's just like lodging in a hotel for one night and then you must leave. So life is for us. God is the one who gives us life. He gives us really a very short lease. It's a very short-term tenancy. He gives it to us. We do not know. Everyone is of a different length. A tenancy that is unrenewable. You cannot renew that tenancy with the Lord. Once it's over, your time is up. Our time is up and I have to leave the world and I have to leave everything behind. Death comes to all, isn't it? Short-lived, friends, what uh, the world, what we achieve really in this world. Just this past week, we've had three figures, well-known figures, pass away. The first uh, was one, one was who was, by all accounts, a well-loved colleague, a friend, somebody who was known for his empathy, uh, uh, the, the newsreader from the BBC, and a lot of praise uh, came his way, and maybe quite rightly so, and maybe he'd earned the admiration of all. He passed away, he left it all behind. Then there's an, another, a second person, and he earned fame by being oh, the first British footballer to have the million pound tag on his, on his, uh, around his shoulders. And he was uh, quite chuffed to be that, the first British player to be uh, sold for such, to command uh, such a fee. But he's left that tag behind. He hasn't taken it with him. And then thirdly, we heard a lot about this Irish singer, a very one who was only, I think, 56 years old or so, and uh, she apparently had such an amazingly beautiful, uh, unique voice, and her singing was so wonderful, I haven't heard it myself. But that's what people were saying. Again, you leave these things behind. And the fame that came with it, and the glory, well, it was only for a short time, and it doesn't follow them into the next. Death is a great leveler, friends. Death levels us all to one position. Material things cannot save us uh, from death. But then fifthly, uh, to be a materialist, the psalmist tells us is foolish because material things really are of no value at the final resurrection. Verse 14, uh, like sheep, they are laid in the grave. Death shall feed on them. 
and the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning, and their beauty shall consume in the grave from their dwelling. Well, friends, this is all about the resurrection, the last resurrection when Christ returns to this world. And all those who have died, every single inhabitant, whether they're buried in the land or whether they've been buried at sea, wherever, whether they've been cremated or buried, every single individual will be raised up again to the resurrection. And at that time, there will be a, a great separation into two categories of people, two groups. On one side will be those who have believed in Christ. And on the other side will be those who have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, friends, and that those who have received Him, those who have received the Lord, well, they will be received into a glory. But those who have rejected Christ, those who have turned, spurned Him, and spurned every gospel invitation that came their way, well, they will be rejected by the Lord Jesus Christ on that day. The sheep laid in the grave, without speaking of that, that man, the rich man. What use is it, friends? If all he had was those things, the material things, but he never had faith in the Lord. He never trusted in, in Jesus. He never loved the Lord and lived for him and gave his life over to him. But look, the upright shall have dominion over them in the morning. In the morning there is the, that word, the morning, the resurrection morning. The, those who have trusted, they may not have had much in this world, but they had that simple faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And they will be received by the Lord. They will be welcomed into heaven. They will have an entrance into heaven because they had these, this as a gift of faith and repentance with them. But friends, this is what God will do uh, for us, if we follow his way, this is advice. Don't go this way, the psalmist is saying. God is saying to us, don't go this way. But look at verse 15 as we come to a close. But God will redeem my soul from the power of the grave, for he shall receive me. We cannot redeem our brother's soul. We cannot redeem our own souls. But God can redeem. God will redeem my soul from the power of of the grave. That's what Christ came to do. That's what Christ did when he died on Calvary's cross. He was shedding his precious blood. He was paying a ransom uh, to the Father, to God, to God's justice, so that those who trust in him could go free, could be forgiven, could be set free. A ransom is for those who are in captives, isn't it? And we were captive to sin and to Satan, but the Lord paid a ransom to his Father, to God's justice, and because he has done that, and the, and the ransom is received, so we are set free, so we are able to be forgiven. Christ has obtained a ransom for our souls. Christ has obtained a life for us. And look at this. He shall receive me. Certainty. This is what we need, friends. More than the material things in life, we need certainty in our souls about the spiritual things. The certainty that God receives me now. The assurance in my heart that when I am on that deathbed, He will receive me when I leave this world and go into the next world. 
That's what I need in my heart. And the psalmist says, I have it. I have it. Here at verse 15, He shall receive me. And if you have faith in Christ, and you trust in Him, well, that same certainty will be put into your heart and into your mind. You will know uh, uh, that the Lord is yours. You will have the certainty, the assurance, that your sins are all forgiven. You will have the certainty, the assurance, that you are uh, now accepted by God, and God uh, treats you as His own Son. You will have this death will no longer be something that you fear. It'll be, you will have comfort even in your moment of death because you have that certainty in your heart and that surety. You know that when you leave, something better is ahead of you in the world that is to come. This is what God gives to us who trust in Him. This is what He calls us to. Oh, friends, this is the better way. This is the message of this psalmist. And he goes on to say that, that don't be afraid. If you're one of these, don't be afraid. If you're a believer, when one is made rich and the glory of his house is increased, then verse 20, man that is in honor and understandeth not like the, is like the beast that perish. But then, uh, just before we close, friends, look again at verse 13. This their way is their folly, the, the way of the rich man who, who, who goes without thinking, only concerned about uh, the temporal things in life, the way of folly, yet their posterity approve their sayings. This man's friends, this man's family members are all going the same way. They've seen how he's lived, and they're all following the same path that uh, he, is, he is going down. They're going in the same steps. How about us, friends? Who are we going to listen to in life? Who are we going to choose? Are we going to follow, as it were, that rich man? Are we going to be like his posterity and go down the same way? Or are we going to take the Lord's instruction and say, this is wisdom. Let me seek after spiritual blessings. Let me focus on uh, faith and repentance and the knowledge of the Lord and the coming to know Him, being reconciled with Him. That's the kind of person I want to be. Uh, I don't want to be a materialist person. I want to be a spiritual person. Who will you listen to, friends? Will you, whose advice will you follow? Turn to the Lord. Follow Him. And He will surely bless you and give you that blessing in your soul. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord God, our Father in heaven, we again ask for help uh, to uh, go in the way that you tell us to, to go. Help us to receive these things. Help us, oh Lord, to believe them with all our hearts, to believe what you have spoken. And Lord, keep us from going down the wrong path in life. Keep us from erring and so going astray and at the end of the day losing everything and especially losing our own souls. Oh, may it never happen to us, but grant, O oh Lord, that we may come to find peace and rest and forgiveness and life and heaven in our Saviour. O oh Lord, bless us here, each one, with these things. 
we ask in the name of our Saviour. Amen. And let's close by singing our final hymn, which is number 49 and version 1. Humble us, Lord, before thy word. Number 49, version 1.